Welcome to episode nine of the Euphoria podcast featuring me, Dracos, and my co-host, Deficio. We are available on SoundCloud, iTunes, and YouTube. As a reminder, timestamps are in the description. We get messaged about this every week. <laughs> Click show more. I swear to you that they are there. We do not forget. So there's your reminder. We just want people to work hard to find them. Yeah, they're, they're on SoundCloud. Them. I don't know if, how they work on iTunes, but I hope that they're there too. But I do, do know that they're on SoundCloud and yes. YouTube. This is this podcast about all things EULCS. We're going to be taking a look back at the spring 2017 regular season today. We'll be previewing some quarterfinals. We're going to be building some LCS playoff brackets. We have a couple of interesting wagers, and who better to bring it all to you than our special guests, Soaz and Odawamne. Welcome, guys. Hello, hello. Hey, Soaz, dog duo on the left here. <laughs> yep, there, we actually, funny enough, we're going to talk about we're that. We're going to talk about uh, that. Yeah, yeah. It's also very interesting because we asked, you know... No, but- you're, you're, you're no more a dog now. Like, now you're getting some gangs, playing kites. Oh, yeah, actually. It's true. You pick Vladimir every game now. We're probably going to pick some you know, I just, I, I, I just spamping the tower, and I'm like, come here or I die. It's fine. It's fine. It works. <laughs> uh, you have a jungler who's camping for you now. Yeah. Sadly, you still lost to G2, but hey, who cares? You know, I mean, that happened. That happened. For we kind of broke happened. our hands over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that happened. But fun fact, uh, we had a bunch of viewers when we asked who they actually want to see on the show. Uh, right, you know, a ton of different player names. A lot of people really wanted uh, Caps and Whippo. So we got them Sauce, which is uh, <laughs> a bit of a replacement. I'm very sorry to everyone who requested the other two Fnatic players, but Sauce is here. And in, to make it even better, we brought in Odamne next to him, who's not from Fnatic, but yeah, I'm sure. That sucks. Uh, yeah, I'm sure some people like him anyway. <laughs> the, two, the two replacements. <laughs> yeah. There we go. Discount players. Oh, God. Discount players. I love it. We'll get Whippo next. We'll get Whippo next. It's exciting. It's fine. Like, given our champ pool, we can just uh, name this episode doggy style. So, <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. Perfect title. All right, I think we just do it. Get it. Let's uh, talk about it. All right, so you guys there. are the official, like, lords of dog champs. I think it's 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 safe to say. And so I want to I take some time. I want to make a dog champ tier list with you guys. Oof. I want to make a tier list. Like, so I figure we go through it. We'll just say, like, We'll get a little ABC action for dog champ tier list. How many do you want? Five champions? I mean, plus five. However many there are that you've ever had to play in your career is probably fine. But let's start with who is the biggest hands down dog champ? I'm thinking about two. I think Maokai for sure. Like if you wanna be, if you wanna be on dog duty, you have Maokai for sure. But when like Maokai last season, for example, was like. Pretty strong. Yeah, he was. So a, he it, was, it was not. Okay. It was not actually dog champ because you can actually kill people, right? It's like on oh, this season. But if you play Maokai right now, he's actually a dog champ. <laughs> like so it depends <laughs> of the timeline. It depends of the timeline <laughs> what you think about Maokai. Uh-huh. But if you'd say like in the actual meta, then Maokai is is the dog yeah. champ. It's the worst the timeline dog. for Maokai. What's, what's the other one you were thinking of before we lock him out? I mean, I was thinking like Shen is pretty hard dog champ as well. If your team is not good enough. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Okay. But Shen could taunt an, an AD carry and kill him. You know, we've seen that a few times. But then the AD have no hands, maybe? Yeah, but see that <laughs> a lot of AD carries yeah. in Europe have hey, no hands. On, this happened to Reckless two weeks ago. Don't, don't tell him. <laughs> that's that. true. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> Ooh, I mean, it depends on the AD that play as well. But if you, are, if you play... Long range ADC. That's true. If you play Hyper Kai and you get torn by Shen, then <laughs> there is something going on. Okay, you know? so A tier dog champ is Maokai at the For moment. sure. The ultimate yeah. dog. All right. Is he the only one in A tier then? Is he is he is there anyone else that yeah that even comes close? 
to being Maokai as far as dog champs go. I mean, I see Shen is a bit less of a dog, just because yeah, you, you can actually like trade. Shogat, yeah. Shogat, uh, Shogat and Shen, now in the same tier. Yeah. So they're B tier? Are they yeah. B tier? Shogat, yeah. Shen. With those, with those champs, you can actually fight. A what bit. about uh, Orn top lane? I'll put him after them, because I, you, you kill people with Orn. Like, mm -hmm. this guy... This yeah, guy, that's, true. Like, that's no, a but, okay, topic if, for later. <laughs> if you pay attention to the tier list uh, that we just said, you will see Chogat is above Orn, so... Is like a natural cycle that that Orn has to kill, that, children, like the, kill people. The, the least, the less dog is gonna beat the bigger mm, dog. Mm. So like, it's just nothing I can do when I have a matchup. <laughs> <that> you just <laughs> have no, no, you got countered. <laughs> countered <laughs> by the bigger dog. Do you have anything else in the meta right now? Uh, top lane. I mean, or historically, like Nautilus was a tank I thought of, but he mm. was really OP. I think last time he was played in top. There's line. some Poppy right here. Poppy. Oh, Poppy's back. You can put him with Maokai. He's just as big. Actually. Oh, now you got the same as Shogat, no? Shogat Chen? Yeah, but you can only play Poppy into Camille, though. If you play it into any, any other tank. Like, okay, this is a tank friendly tier list. Ah, but if friendly. you play Poppy into Maokai, then. Maokai still wins. Not right now. Yeah, I think so. Poppy got a little buff. 1% on Q. Oh, and 10 damage on passive. <laughs> <laughs> that really works. No, but I, I think Poppy will just straight up get f by Maokai. Okay, never mind. <laughs> never mind that. <laughs> <laughs> we move on. Okay, let, let, let's replace it with um, I think Can you say s no, 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 you can't say that. <laughs> no. Try again. Where do you want to put for, for context? Because we've had to bleep f bombs recently, we asked to cut down because we know bleeping is super obnoxious. We don't like it either. It's it's tough, but it's something we have to do. So we asked. <laughs> Odawamne is now trying to I pitch alternative words, and no, Odawamne, that is not a good alternative word. Okay. I, I think Poppy will go AI or Grashman will have pressure. No, but the thing is, I, I just feel like Poppy will just go, how do you call it? Poppy is forced to itemize MR, you know? And all the MR items are pretty bad, like Spectre Cowl marks, while Maokai is just gonna rust on fire. I don't think you need to go MR against Mao, but... No, but then he will just force all lands on you, 24-7. And then you'll just keep losing. I think, you can just spam I think whoever, whoever gets Ocean Drake will win. Actually, true. <laughs> okay, that's really important for, for, uh, for the dog champs. You know, for the dog champs, she did the Ocean best Drake. Drake. You know, yeah, I just, I'm yeah. playing some dog champs at top and I'm like, yeah, man, I'm winning this race consistently. You just run home and then the guy just stay <laughs> And then I see, uh, I see a thing right in the chat. Enemy team has Ocean Drake. And I'm like, okay, I'm hugging my tower from now. I'm no point trading. Special mention for Ocean Drake. Yeah, Ocean Drake dog. is the biggest dog here. <laughs> yeah, if, no, if it, it's, it's actually such a big factor. If you play if you play tank top, I think even if you play tank top into carry, or if you play tank against tank, like Ocean Drake is just so broken for top lane. Yeah, it makes trading irrelevant. Like, like if, the, if you don't if, have Ocean Drake, you If you have, you if you have a tank with Ocean, like, you cannot lose lane. Oh my god, that sounds obnoxious. That's a good point, though. Cool. Because none of the rest of the laners, the rest of the laners back so frequently that they just, like, don't care, I think, about Ocean nearly as much. You know, you just sit top, and then you chunk the enemy tank to 20%, and then Ocean Drake pops up, and he disappears for 30 seconds, and he's half HP. And he has more HP than you. I'm like, okay, well, <laughs> I have to base soon. <laughs> so probably, I guess, was B tier. According to what you guys said, I think that might be it. No, there's, there's also some Cyan. Cyan is a thorn over there. But Cyan's pretty than cool, man. I would put him with all, yeah. Yeah, yeah Cyan is like pretty badass. He can kill stuff. Yeah. I like this. So Maybe he's a bit. I'll put him with Shaw, probably. Shaw and Shen now. You think Not so? Sure. I mean, actually, with the hitbox and I, I played, I played a bit against it in scrims and like. Maybe I'm I'm so good, but I cannot get it by <laughs> E, you know. After the hotfix happened, yeah, like well, I had big big discussion with my uh, with my mid laner about uh, Cyan and E's after the the hotfix, mm -hmm. 
So apparently on mid lane, you you cannot miss the E still, but on top lane you can only miss it. So <laughs> that's oh, that, that, that that makes a lot of sense. So Cyan basically going down a little bit. <laughs> Cyan less because for, more because of what a dark I play champ. against more of a dark champ, yeah. Like I cannot get hit by like even in, in scrims or in in solo uh, I think queue. It's hard to like hit. out of out of ten E, I maybe get hit by one or two E. Yeah. But on, mid, on, on mid lane, like I see every mid laner, like just running to Sand and getting a full Q, you know, or E, and I don't understand. He's like, people, I cannot dodge know. it. <laughs> they don't understand. <laughs> I never had the tank. See, you were you've lived with dog champions. You understand. You were raised in this hell of dog yeah. champions. They don't get it. This is their first dog champ. They don't yeah. understand. How uh, I, I have two last names here. One, Nasus. <laughs> is he anywhere on this list or not? <laughs> I think. He I mean, could, he's Papa I, he could, Dog. He <laughs> <laughs> could be played eventually. Do you want to put him on your dog really... tier list, or is he too good at killing no, stuff? No, I wouldn't call him dog champ. Cool, cool, but... good. Got that one out. Uh, old school one you played last split, Galio top lane, where I feel like your entire uh... job was kill your wave and you ult know, to reckless. Tried it. I actually tried it once in scrim, but it was it was terrible. Like his early game is just too bad right now. Sad. I mean, we 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 won the game, but it, it, it was because of you. Yeah, it was really terrible. Like laning wise, but once you get once you get items on the champion, he's really OP. But for top lane, early lane is just unplayable. Rip Galio top lane. There you go. I like our list. But though. the champion is really fun to play. I think it's. I would have hoped that it will be more of a top laner than mid laner. But the thing but is, the way it felt like semi global ultimates, it's just, you got to play in mid. The way sometimes it seems to go with how they buff and nerf champions is like if they. If they see, okay, now Galio mid is being played, they're like, oh, let's buff the AP ratio so he becomes yeah. an AP champion. Instead of saying, let's you know nerf that and give him more base damage or tankiness mm -hmm. or whatever. So I guess because someone showed AP Galio mid lane was good, they just moved in. Oh, well, just Galio mid. They moved in that direction. Mm. And now he's a bad tank. Top and also lane. gets Ocean Drake, but can't gamble on that. <sighs> that would be weird if you could. Mm. Impact was playing a lot of Galio. I remember doing waltz and mm -hmm. stuff. I, I don't know. Maybe it was it was really fun champ to play, and you can, like, if you if you if you play good with your team, it's it's really fun to play, especially if you have like a setup or whatever. He's not on our list. Drakers, welcome. Yeah, hi, hello, Windows. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry about that, folks. Uh, computer's now muted. So final dog champ tier list we have. A tier is Maokai, the sure. undisputed lord of Dogtown. We have Cho'Gath, Shen, Poppy, and Scion battling it out in B tier. And Orn, who has a little bit of kill pressure despite nerfs, gets to live in C tier, uh, especially when you take Ignite instead of Flash, I imagine. That's true. <laughs> there you guys have it. There is the dog champ tier list. Next up, I want to take a look back at the spring 2017 regular season. I kind of want to award some Euphoria awards. Uh, and so I want to ask you guys, the first award, I want to award the biggest surprise this season. It could be a team or a player, but I'm curious, like, coming into the season, <clears throat> what did you expect to be awful that turned out to be great or great that turned out to be awful? What was, like, the most surprising thing about the, the spring season? HDK. True? True. I, I, I wouldn't have thought that they would even be, you know, good. What Especially about after roster changes? Uh, I mean, I, yeah. Considering that, I think the original HTK, it was fair to say that they would be, you know, terrible. But after roster changes, it wasn't really a terrible roster anymore. It mm -hmm. was okay. I would have said, you know, kind of average. And 
I think it's fair that people said that they were going to be like ninth or 10th, but they're like, last part of the season was pretty insane. So I feel like it's fair that they got managed to get fifth, and that's mm-hmm. a big surprise considering, you know, they were 10th for nine weeks. Yeah. Started one and seven. Obviously, they had to bounce back. And f- if they had lost the game against Rocket, which happened basically yeah, last week on day mm-hmm. two, and they almost lost that game until Blank decided to wall off his entire team. <laughs> oh. um, they actually, actually wouldn't have made playoffs. Like, oh, huh? Did they try to do some type of strategy or something with this? Or I have it? to guess that he he thought he put it right in front of Skana after he'd already pulled back the HK player. No, but, but this, this was behind. even when like it was way before Skana pulled. Okay, so maybe, maybe it was this bad. I tried so to save I, him I, here. I, I'm like ninety nine percent. It was misclick. But Probably. I thought, you know, maybe they they had some like insane strategy. But then they are like, oh, maybe I just, you just you cannot flash after Scarlet pulled. You know, <laughs> so maybe oh, they are thinking. <laughs> so maybe they are thinking, you know, Scarlet pulled and then flash over the wall or something. Ah. I cannot, you know. No, but did you see? Did you guys see when he uh, when he walled the sign going? In? <laughs> yeah, that was, that, was <laughs> that was just as tragic. <laughs> yeah, oh so a lot of stuff happened yeah. there. That was a. Uh, I mean. They got it. And I would say that even if you put this roster with the changes in front of me at the start of the season, I still would not have put this team above 8th place. But that's because we thought like Misfits and Schalke would like for sure be top 6, yeah. right? Yeah, uh, we did. We did definitely think. So, we, so, so I didn't put Schalke top 5. It even. was kind of crowded uh, with I mean, teams it's we It's not like we were ninth in your uh, power rankings. Because you guys were hard garbage in the start. Actually, true. So, I, I, I was playing <laughs> some e- Ilao. Yeah, I was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you played like died like, 6 times in a row. You were on tank duty and you were like on sad tank duty where they would go kill you every game. I was legit on no words, no anything, <laughs> just on Hager Tower duty. Alright, so as big a surprise, team or player? I, mean, I was gonna say Vitality, but I don't know if you can say biggest surprise. I mean, after thinking about it, because I, it's not like it was surprise because I didn't know what to expect from them, really. Like, Did you I think know, they were gonna like 7 Yeah, I didn't know if they would be like good or bad. Mm-hmm. I thought I would rank them in the in the middle of the pack. I mean, I, I think it's like a fair more, more in the middle bottom, but yeah, yeah. like I, you didn't know really what to think about them. I would actually say Jizuke is then probably yeah my because I, then I was thinking more about players, right? Yeah, and I was thinking I was thinking Jizuke as well because I remember watching a lot of the in-house uh, scrims that happened or so whatever in-house custom games you guys did. Yeah, the streams uh, yeah. where Jizuke was playing in some of them and. Didn't look that impressive at all. This was obviously before the split started. And Challenger, I felt like he was fine, but he wasn't like a standout. Um, when I talked to some of the mid laners, they didn't really highlight him either as, a, as someone you had to look for. And then like the first few weeks, he actually like managed to go crazy on different things, especially Rise. So I felt like he's probably my biggest surprise uh, when it comes to just something I had not expected at all um, in this split. Yeah, I think it's fair. I think, I mean, the mechanical outplays are really good. A but lot of it is... Kind of went uh, down a little bit, but... I, yeah. I think I think it's also... Like, I would say that he also looks better than other mid laners because of the way Vitality plays. Mm-hmm. So they... The way they play, they allow each player to do things that they want to do, you know? Mm-hmm. So they are not, like... They are not the team that is going to play by the book. So a bit like us last year, you know. So yeah, yeah. 
even when they get bound or if they play against bound, they will try a lot of really weird things to like get back into the game or get advantages. So it allows Jizuke to like get picks on the side or do things like that. Yeah, there's a great example. I believe might have been last week where a Baron was being started by a team where Jin ate carry. I forgot the team name, but they oh, had yeah, Jin ate yeah, carry. And true. then out of nowhere, Gilius like shows up bot lane, attacks the Vladimir who's trying to sit there like an idiot, not expecting it. You know, he dies. They try and go Baron with Jin. It's too slow. They get ace and they lose the game. Like that's one of those plays which I felt like a lot of teams wouldn't have made. You know, Odama, do you have anything to, to comment on that specific play? Yeah, I, I don't. I think I didn't watch that game honestly. Oh, you didn't watch? No, it's <laughs> fine. Yes. I think I was busy with something else. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Still, <laughs> I mean, to be fair, this is what you get for being passive aggressive and a dick about it. You can just blow off the question. <laughs> I mean, I'm not surprised he didn't watch. He played like one or didn't watch oh at least, so that's fine. Hard carries until like the last it's five true, minutes actually. of the game. <laughs> oh. It was a uh, interesting game to watch, uh, I will say. And it was one of the examples of Vitality doing something a little bit unexpected, which yeah. for some reason gave them a win. I will also say, um, biggest surprise for me, maybe not for everyone, like, Wonder, I think I've been playing a lot better than what he used to. So I'll probably put him mm. in there with Yuzuke. Uramir, do you agree? Uh, I, I think it's pretty fair. I think this 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 iteration of G2, I feel like he's doing a lot better. I feel like the team has, you know, a more set in stone system for how everyone wants to play and stuff. So it's kind of easier for him to perform and I think it's kind of easier for any player once you develop this this sort of system to kind of come into your own playstyle and start doing good. For example, you can look at at Splice for example. Uh, in the first five weeks I was pretty much terrible. <laughs> I was dying every game but that's just because we didn't really you know develop this playstyle that everyone kind of felt comfortable and mm -hmm. knew what to do and in the last couple of weeks I haven't entered as much. You've uh, been really good. Give yourself credit. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> but I feel like it's the same with uh, with Wonder. I feel like on Splice, they didn't really have this, you know, proper system. I, I feel like they had a system, don't get me wrong, but I feel like it wasn't really, you know, the best they could do. And I feel like with G2 and what they're doing over there, I feel like it's it's coming together. So he kind of has all the tools to, to do well. I don't want to take away from his credit by putting out on the team creating this environment, but... Regarding his personal performance, I think he's doing really good this this split so far. Super quick question on that. Was he your vote for all pro top laner? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean I can't vote for myself, so that's true. Would yeah. you if you could? I mean if I could erase if you look at the entire split. Okay. Then no, but if I could erase <laughs> the, four, the first five weeks, maybe I would put myself up there. But given uh, the circumstances, no. That's cool. like fifty percent of the votes. It's, like, <laughs> it's like they sucked at the start, and it's like, but they're so good now. They're so good. Yeah, um, I think overall this. If you take the first five weeks, this split hasn't really been uh, the greatest for me. I don't think. I, I mean, I feel like maybe I'm at the top now with how how I played in the I agree. last weeks, but. If you take the whole split, I think I'm not there. Yeah. I'm curious. So we've talked a lot about the biggest surprises in kind of a positive way. What were the biggest disappointments? Like, who did you expect to be amazing that then, like, mm. really All didn't right. show up? <laughs> queue up for the Schalke Misfits one. Oh, man, come on. <laughs> I mean, yeah, queue up. Which one would you like to take first? You can go. Ah. Okay, so as you choose one, you, you choose either Misfits or Schalke, and I choose the other one, <laughs> and then we shit talk. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I was thinking of Misfits anyway. Oh, yes, oh, yeah, I wanted Schalke anyway. You get Misfits then. 
I mean, I don't think they're. I think their lineup is really fine. I guess they just have some is- internal issues of how they want to play the game eventually, or they just don't fit within the rules that the coach wants them to be in. Like, because Misfits always used to be the team that no matter what will play by the rules. So it just looks like they cannot really do that anymore or hmm. they don't want to play this style. Like before, I mean, it's, it's sort of still the same, you know, but um, you actually knew what to expect in the game. And even if you have no walls on the map, like, you know what Misfits was doing. It it was that simple when you when you're playing as them because they would just always do the standard. Yeah, even point. when they are like really good last year, like you you knew what they are doing without any vision. At least I knew what what they would be doing if they are on barn. Uh, you know what to expect. A lot of different things, but right now I just. I mean, I would need to watch their games like from another per- perspective rather than sh- watch them play against other uh, other mm-hmm. teams like from their own perspective to see what's their core issues so I, c- I cannot really really tell myself right now like pinpoint wh- where are the issues but yeah probably biggest disappointment for me I, I'd say I, I haven't um, I said like two three weeks ago that maybe they could like pick up their stuff and and do better but we, we all said that we all we all believe we until the playoff end. predictions right up until we the still end. put in yeah. there it's interesting because um with misfits specifically also just from you know like watching them play and talking to them and so on like they still do a lot of things pretty well especially early game and we've said this all split long like <laughs> they get ahead in most early games um then they're like okay we know how to play around like Hansama in a side lane on Israel or something like that and they know they have to go Baron now and then instead of then going Baron the call suddenly becomes random team fight somewhere and then they seem to just kind of it falls apart shot calling wise on stage which apparently was not the case in in scrims uh, which is then the same problem we've seen in the past you do one thing in scrims you can't translate it to stage and then like the whole mid-game shot calling just falls down and then they have these like Israel comps that fall behind and then suddenly they can't win the late game team fight as easily and then they, it, everything just yeah drops down and they start losing too many games in best of one so it's a shame because I actually think they would have been much better in BU5 than BU1 but, yeah, uh, but if you don't win out of 18 games more than 7 yeah. you obviously don't deserve it then I mean if there's if there's more game or best of, or best of three, like for sure they will probably be higher. Mm-hmm. Um, it's usually like you just see no matter what, like which are the actual best teams. But yeah, sucks. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about Shock on the opposite side. Misfits pretty disappointing. Didn't make it to playoffs. Shock also didn't make it to playoffs. Odawamne, what's your hot take on Shock? I mean, it's, it's kind of disappointing because, you know, coming to the split, uh, when I, if I would see that lineup on roster and when I saw that lineup on, uh, sorry, on paper, uh, I, would have thought, I would have told myself that that's a pretty sick lineup, you know, and they, they're in the contention for, you know, winning, winning the whole thing mm-hmm. just because they, they kind of have the individual talent everywhere. But I feel like the problem with them is they, they're just kind of these scrim gods and they don't really <laughs> do anything. I mean, that's the reputation coming into the split. They're kind of scrim gods, but I feel like even in scrims, they're not really scrim gods anymore. I feel like 
I know what's what I don't know what really is the problem there. I feel like with with them there's just a lot of egos everywhere and then when you know they just start losing their confidence just kind of starts falling apart. For example, I don't know why Uzichachi is being put on Maokai every single game when I feel like he's way better than that. He could just abuse his laning phase and plays like an animal to get like leads for himself, but he's pretty much stuck on on Maokai duty and I feel like the the other people aren't really but doing well either. Do, do you think it was like team choice? For example, like when we played when we played them, like they they ban they ban on Shogat and picked Maokai. You know, <laughs> this is Maokai, this baby. is really sad. I mean, know? let's look at the tier <laughs> so, list here. What 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 else they should have banned? Look at the source. Support and right. Shogat are banned. No, but they, so they <laughs> wait. I don't remember if they they, are Shen, they picked Shen it the in list. two or if they blinded. But it's like they last picked the Maokai. They yeah, they, so they, oh, they the last picked Maokai. Yeah. I know that one. <laughs> they last picked Maokai with this, but like it, it makes absolute no sense. It was like. They actually pre-planned that, or if they maybe they wanted an easy I mean, lane for pride to get. They've very clearly been yeah, committing to just, that. They could have just not banned any tanks and just pick another. And like we would have not never banned them, banned them or. Yeah, I don't see why you know, would like, ban those things, especially if you're on a you know last pick top. So I have a question then, and you guys have now been playing for a while. Source obviously since forever, over the last what three, four years now. Um, there is so often this. Forever. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, come on, it's like eight years. Uh, <laughs> there's always this kind of uh, thing where some teams are just really good in scrims and then really bad on stage. Mm -hmm. Do you guys have any idea, like, why is it it's why is it so hard to translate it to stage? Uh, I think I think for this year particularly, there's like the explanation of best of one in mm -hmm. my opinion. Getting more games on stage will help a lot of teams and and put the the teams that cannot keep up with the flow uh, or more on the bottom. So eventually, like we are talking about H2K, for example, and I think maybe if they had more stage games with this, like with the the new lineup sort mm -hmm. of, like they'll probably be higher eventually. Like Misfits would have more, not like sort of more chances to like uh, play better. Like maybe the standings would be different. So I think for this year you can say uh, in terms of um, yeah, best of three, best of one. Um, from the past, I think it was more. It, it's sort of like the the same thing. Like some teams just cannot keep up with like the games and the the rhythm and the the patches eventually. But. Not, not, mm. not entirely sure. I feel mostly just because you know, most of the teams just. I mean, not most of them. There's some teams that they scream in a really you know stupid way. For example, think we, about we, like who won the names? Who won the names of? <laughs> I mean, no, I can you, think. You, I can you, think about one team. You could say Schalke, for example. Really? Yeah. Who, who would you, you think of? I was, I was thinking Vitality. But... Or, or that, but, uh, <laughs> but. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, they're just people... Im imagine you have three lanes that have no words and they just all push like dogs. In scrims, yeah. Yeah, and then that happens on stage and they're like, oh, I don't want to get ganked and die, I don't want to lose the game for my team. And then that just creates poor habits. Mm. Because you don't get this sort of, you know, consistency 
Because that's an issue I had as well at one point where I would just play like an animal in scrims and be like, oh, if I gank, I can outplay it or uh, unlucky. <laughs> and then I go in, in stage against this guy and he freezes the wave in front of his tower and my jungle is on both sides. And I'm like, well, now I have to zone myself because if the jungler is behind yeah, me, then yeah. I'm doomed. And the jungler was behind me, so I was doomed. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but yeah, like stuff like that. I feel like you need to create these good, good habits in scrims. So when they happen on stage, you don't really really panic you know right. so you kind of know what to do and i feel like that's an issue with a lot of teams with how they scream and play they don't create these good habits so when they go on stage they for example hug their tower or they don't have any pressure on the map and they don't want to roam or do anything so i think if if people just stop playing like dogs in scrims and play more serious and you know lose lane just so you don't get ganked or you create this good habit of you know having this consistently good play style where you're not a liability for your team then I think it's fine because I feel like a lot of people just care too much about, you know, looking good or stats like that. But for example, when you guys make the stats about me having, you know, lowest CSD at 15, I'm like, I don't really care because who cares if you're like three CS behind as long as you're not like anything to ganks or you can still like help your team or just be even. Like those three CS aren't really going to matter. But mm. if you're going to play like an animal and just die to ganks and I don't know, just have this bad habits. And I think that's why you're going to be poor in LCS compared mm -hmm. to, you know, scrims. I, I think that's why it's so important to, like, learn how to play by the book. And I didn't really like our play style of last year too much because not that we are playing different in scrims, but playing by the book, like, helped you to have the good habits. So I think that's one of the issues that, like, Vitality is uncontrolling right now that since they don't know and they didn't know to play by the book or they didn't learn to, know that they are like playing a bit worse. They are just starting to question themselves of like what they should be doing. Well, yeah. also you put yourself sometimes in situations where it's actually not in your favor, but you're like, you have to commit yeah. to it because that's the, the only thing you know. Yeah, mm -hmm. if it <coughs> yeah because they don't have the good <coughs> habits. So they their early game is more of like just with the just like playing by feelings more than yeah. more than actually knowing what to do yeah, i mean they probably know what to do individually but at least they are not coordinating it with their with their team yeah because if, if you create this with these good habits and scrims you know you're kind of in this uncomfortable positions that you should have been in scrims at one point or another and then when they happen on stage you're not really stressed you know because you have this really small time frame where you need to think what's the best decision here and then if you if you know if you haven't been in this situation or you didn't create this situation in scrims you're kind of you know stressed and you kind of start panicking you know and that's why you know that's how you consistently start doing you know worse and worse that's really good i think really interesting to hear actually talk about that the the practice makes the habits man yeah not the practice makes perfect but the practice makes permanent right transitioning that screen performance onto stage and seeing how bad practice can just bring you down even if you know you're winning the scrim could also be other things like it could also just Absolutely. be some players just generally performing worse on stage People, or the yeah. shot calling falls apart because the guy who normally does it in scrims whatever doesn't do it on stage tilts nerves i don't know I feel like I've heard a lot of different reasons, at least, for why things won't translate. I feel like nerves should be the the, the smallest issue, though, because yeah. most of the players have been playing for such a long time. And, you know, you could say nerves, but I feel like there's always a, an underlying issue that's just not, not 100%. I noticed some players will still go on stage and kind of, like, really need some time to get into it. And mm. that's where B1 really punishes you, because you don't have 
time, you know? Yeah. You need sure. to be ready instantly. So for our next topic, we're going to be talking about gaming houses uh, versus having Ooh. an office and having a separate house. Odo, you, of course, recently had an article kind of about this environment. You had a reason for oh, Yeah, this was Deficio's idea. Deficio wanted Do to bring this up and discuss it. No, not yet. Yeah. We're going to have it for uh, or summer. Summer? Cool. Yeah. But I know a lot of teams are making the switch, so Deficio, why don't you kick us off? Well, basically, um, you know, a few years ago, no one had gaming houses in Europe. And then season three came around. I think Fnatic was one of the first teams to get a gaming house. A few years, five years ago. Uh, that was five years yeah. ago. Yeah, <laughs> felt like it was yesterday. Was season three? Maybe not. Uh, everyone. So the hype stuff back then was everyone needed to get a gaming house. And if you didn't have a gaming house, you weren't part of the cool kid club, and you couldn't actually properly practice. So then it was gaming houses for a while. But then I think last year I saw some teams change where there were uh, apartments and then like an office for at least certain teams. And uh, now, uh, I There's don't know how it looks. Snow? How is it now? Schalke, I believe, Schalke. has an Schalke has. had it. Oh, yeah, Sh- uh, yeah, Schalke. Uh, yeah. As one of the examples for this. But you guys, do you have gaming house or do you have office? We, we have gaming house, but we're getting an office for, for summer. Okay, so you you live in the same house where you practice. Yeah. And Fnatic? We have an office since like a year already. Okay, so you have you separate, you live in the house together. And then you go to the office to practice. Yeah, Reckless have an apartment. I have an apartment, and the others live in the in like in gaming house, and they go to the office to play. So, what do you think is their strength about this kind of setup? So, I think, I mean, I was I was the one that I was pushing a lot for office as well because I thought it would be better. But what I've noticed in terms of helping players, so I don't think there's too much difference for the younger players. Like thinking about caps, for example, mm-hmm. I don't think there's big defense for the younger players, but I think for the older players, it helps a lot to be able to get some fresh air, sort of, you know. Uh, Live a normal just, adult yeah, life exactly. as well. Re- relax a little bit, as the younger players doesn't realize or think about that, or they just don't care, you know. Mm-hmm. So for the players that are like 17, 18, like it really, there's not much change to them but i think for the players actually care about their life condition it helps them a lot okay yeah i mean well until you know last year or a year and a half ago or even this year i would have said the same you know because when you're young and you just kind of got into league and stuff you don't really you don't really care about anything else because you're you're what 18 19 and you're just having a lot of fun just playing league and someone pays you and that's cool so <laughs> yeah that's <laughs> yeah, perfect cool. explanation yeah, yeah you, you're, kind, you're kind of riding on this high where you're doing what you love and that's all that matters and you feel like there's no need for anything else but then you kind of start getting more mature and then you kind of start setting priorities for yourself and you know putting things into perspective and what you want to do after or you know your general health and all of this stuff and then you start Thinking that, you know, the fact that you're stuck in a gaming house, because that's kind of what I feel like when you get older, you kind of feel like stuck in a way, because you're just on this huge grind for the whole time. And the the problem is, I feel like with some some orgs in the past, or that was kind of the culture, pe- you, people just like look at you all the time and at what you do and say... You're in a gaming house and you don't want to play solo queue or you want to like watch a movie or do something else. They You're kind of under this magnifying glass and they just kind of look at you. And unless it's like 
put out there, you kind of feel judged in a way because you see mm. everyone around you playing solo queue. But, right, and you don't. And then you feel like you you would want to play it, but you kind of feel like maybe this burned out or something, but you feel like your mental health doesn't really allow you to, you know, get good practice. And so you just want to take some time off and watch a movie or, you know, yeah. play some other stuff. Yeah. And you feel like if you do that, people are going to like judge you and feel like and think that you're more unprofessional than they are or you're not putting as much effort as they are. So that kind of creates, in a way, a toxic loop. And when you're a kid, you don't really... You don't really care because you... You are playing solo queue like 12 hours a day. Yeah, right? like you're, you're, you're enjoying the game thing. a lot. You're you're still riding that high that you're a pro player and you love it. So you just keep spamming and grinding games. But at one point, that kind of high ends and... You just don't like playing the game as much anymore. So. <laughs> I mean, it's not like you're, you start taking it as a job. Well, it is a job, but I, I personally don't see it as a job still in a way. But in a different light, it's still a job, you mm -hmm. know, and... Are there other games I would rather play and have fun with? For sure, but I still enjoy League to to some level. And like I don't mind, you know, grinding it when there's, you know, new patches and all of mm -hmm. this stuff. But there's just like one point where you just want to chill and I feel like people might judge you and all of this stuff. And I feel like if you have your, you know, personal space where you're not under this magnifying glass and you can, you know, do everything you want. And as long as, you know, you still perform well, you, you like... In scrims, you show up, you do good games. On stage, you do good games. And I feel like people shouldn't really, you know, care as much. I feel like maybe there should be, you know, a norm of how much, how many uh, games you should play. I mean, I think and stuff. this is something we experience in casting, right? It's like we definitely get burned out as, as things go longer. And I think there is a perception kind of in any high-intensity job that if you're not constantly, like, nose to the grindstone. But, I, but I'm curious from, from your perspective, Oda, like, so as you actually have experience in this, like, having an apartment versus living in a gaming house, having these separations, do you think that, like, if it was all five Splice guys living in a house and going to an office every day, does that does that really stop you from feeling like there's this pressure when you get home back to the house to like to play more games or to practice I, more? I, I think it depends completely of like what do you have in the gaming house. If it's like if if your room is consisted in just a bed and yeah. then you go back to the you go back to the office you know <laughs> like then then there's gonna be no difference you know like it's, it's still gonna so you need to like sort of feel like when you're in your room it's time off you know so mm. i think it it depends of the pe the people and yeah yeah so for you odo i mean if you were to look at your gaming house now and you guys got an office. I know you guys have that area where you scrim and currently with five computers. Would you want that changed? Would you want like everyone to have their that computer that they would normally scrim on like in their room and they could just do whatever they want and kind of keep those sectioned off so it is more of your personal space? Because my concern, right, would be that you go home and the young players, as you say, would go on a solo queue and then you're still in the same way that it would have been in a gaming house, the guy not playing solo But if you're in your own, own room, right? Maybe that doesn't. Maybe I so I'm, yeah. What do you think? What, what's like the ideal setup in terms of like arranging a gaming house slash office? I mean, we, we we do have PCs in uh, each and every one of us our room, so we have that option. But just the fact that you know every it's still a gaming house and there's five PCs there mm -hmm. in the living room, so everyone's just using that. But ideal scenario would be you know you have you have an office where you just spend most of your day there and play, but for time off it would be you know you kind of need this place that you kind of feel like at home you know for example if i go back to my place in romania and i go there it needs to kind of have that same feeling where you know it's 
your personal space. You can do whatever you f- you feel at home. And yeah. I feel like that's the problem with gaming houses. Most of them just have you know a bed and and a lamp <laughs> in your in your bedroom. Important with the lamp. Yeah. <laughs> you just have you know this basic functionality, but there's nothing you know like extra that makes it feel like your room and mm-hmm. stuff like that. It doesn't it doesn't have any personal touch to it. But can I jump in there because I feel like so your room, how big is your room in, in the Spice House? Like, is there room for more than a bed and a lamp? Yeah, for sure. Have you gone out yourself and said, I want to look at furniture and buy some furniture because I want this to be my place? Yeah, but you see, the problem with that is if if I switch teams, then that, that was, that, that's probably yeah. staying there. <laughs> that's I, the thing. I mean, it's very easy to actually get someone for very, very, very low amount of money to come pick up the stuff and tra- take it to the next. Like, that's just called moving apartments, you know, there's, right? There's one of the issue. It was the same thing for me. I was thinking, I mean, I'm still thinking right now, you know, like, for example, for most players, if they are not complete stupid, you know, they will ask for the contract to, to end this year. So a lot of players' contract will probably end this year, uh, at least for me. So next next year, you don't you don't you don't know if you go if you go to NA maybe you know or whatever, right? So like you're not gonna put all your like you maybe pay like two thousand or three thousand for like all your furniture, right? So if you want like really good mattress, really good bed frame, if you want like have a nice desk. Uh, a TV table, whatever, all all this stuff. It's probably like let's say two thousand, right? So you're not gonna put all of this stuff like there, right? Because so, there's a chance course, you go. Okay. Yeah, of of course. I mean, not maybe not for everyone. At least that's what I was thinking for for myself and anyone that is like have a bit of thinking. Then is the is the same, right? So it, it depends. Uh, it depends. Like obviously, mm. it's not mm. it's not for players it's not that much money but um it's at still... least for me i don't i don't okay do so much yeah. expenses that so it's like 2000 is 2000 you know yeah and so. i think i mean i think it feels bad to spend that money in, in yourself and then no matter how much it is or how much you're making and then have this potential where you feel like you're going to lose it right like yeah, especially yeah. just this level of uncertainty because you know if there was and if you get if you get if you get kicked and then the, the guy imagine you <laughs> get takes your stuff it takes, in your it room, takes your room <laughs> with your stuff then you feel extreme bad yeah right? like that, that like, sucks i would in. i would rather just throw it on in the street <laughs> you know <laughs> than give it to the yeah. new guy you know i mean if you buy and it's your stuff though i think you, you could probably move it out that is the argument i'd make but here's, here's my question right because I, I can see that that can be an uncomfortable investment. But if it, if it really does make you feel more at home, this is not to say you shouldn't have an office in a gaming house, but like if, it's, if it makes you more comfortable and happier in your room, is it not worth it to like invest in that space? Even if, even if you're like throwing away that money in the end, right? Would you not pay the, the $2,000 or $3,000 a year, let's say even if you moved every year, to like be happier in your living space? I mean, I think it's worth, but the bigger issue with the whole, you know, gaming house situation is more like, as I said, you have no personal space and mm. kind of like yeah, no, yeah. no privacy. And for example, you know, say you have your girlfriend visiting or whatever, mm. and then you're like, hey, guys, I'm just going to for a couple of days, I'm going to play less solo queue because my girlfriend is here for like once a year. And I really don't want to be a dick and just not be with mm-hmm. her and like go out, get some food or whatever. And then everyone's like. Haha, this guy's not playing solo queue. Let's just bash on him or whatever. I feel like that's the bigger issue because you don't have this option. To... Right. I heard the X2K stories. <laughs> uh, I'm, uh... 
no, no, I, can, I, can, I can neither confirm nor deny there this you go. aspect. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good answer. But a lot of what you mentioned there is... Uh, did, did you got... Did you got chain and you had to play more solo queues. I can either confirm it <laughs> oh, than I Okay, okay. okay. <laughs> Some stuff happened there. No, but I have a thing to add to this specifically. Yeah. Um, because this is obviously a big difference between like regular sports and esports mm-hmm. in a sense. Like in regular sports, typically because of physical conditions, you have to only practice a certain amount of time. Well, because you couldn't practice at home. Yeah, you There's did. just not enough room. Yeah, Why would you put the weights in the football field? But sure. even then, it's, it's, still not, it's not, still not healthy, you know, because if, yeah. you, if you like overwork yourself like Exactly, your body then, just yeah. can't handle it. So, so it's just like one limit and then everything after that is just useless. But I think a lot of teams, when it comes to them esports, and especially because of young players and just because of the current mindset there is, is like you have to practice 12 to 14 hours mm-hmm. a day. Instead of it, I think once it matures a little bit more, let's say we had a team of, how old are you, Odo? I'm 23 now. You're 23. Let's say we had a team of five players, all 23, 24-ish, who's played for multiple years. I think it's a lot easier to then sit down as a team and say, okay, guys, we have learned that we only need to practice so our scrims, plus a couple of solo queue games a day for just a normal regular season when there's not a new big patch. And then after like eight hours of work, which for some people is a normal work day, it's okay that you kind of can do whatever you want. If you want to play more, that's fine. If you want to go out and do stuff, that's also fine. Uh, So I think once teams mature a little bit more, they could come to that kind of agreement where you don't feel like, and I'm not talking about gaming house versus office here, but just where you don't feel like, Oh my God, if I don't practice 12 hours all the time, people are going to, you know, flame me if we lose or if I play bad. Um, and it's just, we have this problem where because it is still very immature and we have a lot of really young players who just only know playing solo queue. And then that kind of becomes the mindset. I think that will hopefully change a little bit over the years because I think. I think, I mean, to add on, on what you're saying, I think. Uh, in the upcoming years is going to change a bit. But I think it's because uh, I think coaches and coaching staff mm. is going to get better. Mm-hmm. So it's it, this is going to mean that the players are going to need to like eventually watch less, you know, or play a bit less. So uh, I think if the coaching staff is a full trust of the players, then... I'm not going to feel the need to watch every game and know everything about my thing, you know, about or or watching other roles to like eventually help teammates, you yeah. know, or do this kind of stuff. So I think this is going to help eventually, like coaching stuff, getting better at that. Mm, kind of. I, the other thing seems to me is like really getting that trust together, right? Because I think if, you, yeah. if, if like I trust, let's say, Odo to be a good top laner and he's consistently performing, I shouldn't care if he's playing solo queue like at all. Right. If he shows up every every week on stage and he absolutely smashes it, all you need to know is that whatever he's doing, he's getting to that level of performance. Right. Yeah. And a lot of it is about like pushing the needle is kind of what in Riot, at least. Yeah. We, yeah, used we to got always a talk lot of about, buzzwords <laughs> uh, where like the whole pushing the needle concept is about like the amount of hours you put into something. How much do you actually gain from it? And if it's like if, if you as a caster sit and you go through 10 watts. Uh, but you go through them like it's just a grind over like six hours. You barely gain anything because like it's six hours of just nonstop watching that. Your so brain after vod like two, you're just dead, yeah. Your right? brain doesn't pick it up anymore. You just kind of watch it to watch it, and you don't really push the needle. You don't really gain anything special. I think a lot of it, for especially the more veteran pro players, is going to be the same. Like if you play three to four extra solo queue games a day, do you feel a big difference? Do you feel like you're getting better? I can- 
Or you're just doing the same over and over? And it's just... I can say a lot about that because... So I used to not play many solo queue at all during the season. And this year I've been playing a lot more solo queue overall. Like more on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. Before I would do eventually depending on patches. So I'll, I will grind a bit more if there's a patch or if there's a champion that I need to pick up yeah, or, so new or practice, right? And now I'm just playing... I'm just playing more solo queue overall, regardless if there's no champions. So even if there's no champions or no patches, I'll I'll be playing more solo queue. And I mean, this is for me specific, but I don't think it helps me at all because <laughs> I just get more frust- I just get way more frustrated <laughs> mm-hmm. with the game and with like with everything. It just frustrates me a lot more to play more solo queue. So for me specifically, it doesn't help. Um, so I don't feel like there's any difference with my play really or with any i mean maybe maybe there's like a tiny bit difference at least i don't really notice it too much myself maybe um, if you played more carries that required like ton of let's say it was that, like that, riven that's, that's, that kind that's of what stuff. that's what i do i mean i just swap champions i don't play uh like maybe like 70 percent of the ch- maybe like let's say 60 65 percent of the champion i play is like in solo queues like GP, Swain, or whatever, you mm-hmm. know. Okay. So I just play... I played, for example, when I was, like, High Master or Low Master, I was playing a lot of Riven just for fun. Like, I played a lot of Fiora, for example. It's not about the car, it's just... It's just, like, for me, playing solo queue to just playing solo queue with no purpose is just bad. Mm-hmm. But that's for me... I think it's more for me specifically... I think for some other players, like, but I see, and then I see some younger players, like Caps, for example, like, sometimes I'm just asking him, like, why are you playing solo queue, you know, because he's really running it down something. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I can relate to that one. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the same for everyone, like, yeah. even, even me, sometimes I just, I just run it down because, like, I'm just playing solo queue, but I'm not... You know, like, I'm, I don't you're have not thinking, you're not learning. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm like, well, you, you why should I play there. solo queue? But I think this comes also with the with the pressure. I mean, sort of pressure from like teams, you know, to just like grind games and mm. just have this mentality out. of playing. It's like a tangible example that you're putting yeah. work in. Even right? though there's no rules, like there's always in yeah. any single team, there's yeah. pressure of playing. What about you, Odo? I mean, I feel like what sources is relatable because it, there's just some players. For example, if you're young, I feel like, for example, Caps' situation, you can just grind games and if you can get a lot out of. But for me, there, when there's, you know, a new patch or there's a new champion uh, I need to play or there's like some matchups that I actually ha- actively have to look out for and get better at them, then I feel like it helps and it kind of, you know... Maybe I don't get better, but just the fact that I can get more knowledge out of the things I'm seeking just kind of gives me more confidence in a way i don't feel like my mechanics get better or anything but i feel like mostly why i play solo queue now is just to you know practice the new things that i need to learn and look out for and it just kind of boosts my knowledge that's mostly why i'm playing solo queue now if there's like you know certain like words i need to place or look out for mm-hmm. or certain rooms i need to practice then i just do them in solo queue like laning phase is not really something that people practice anymore i feel like Especially now that we played for such a long time, it's mostly whenever I play solo queue, I just practice decision making mostly. Mm. The game changed a lot as well, which doesn't really help solo queue being better, I think, because the game is so much more of a team game since the last three years mm. or so. I don't think playing solo queue is like 
as much fun as it used to in yeah. in my eyes at least. But I mean, it depends on metas. For example, if there's tank meta top or but even if it's, I mean, even I mean, I I feel like the if you risk, you get punished way more. <laughs> And so, look, that's the problem because, for example, even if you play carry versus carry and you try to like practice your own Vion, if you get ganked once, sure, the jungle will always show up. You it, can't it's still really so much there. more about team play. It's it's better for you to just wait for jungler and and gank. Mm. Like I don't know, even if it's carry meta for top, it's not really yeah, it's not really that fun. There's no one Vions barely. Like the most you can get is just a freeze in front of your tower, and then you just wait. Interesting. That's difficult for solo queue. I do want to take it back though, because the original original part was talking about offices and gaming That's houses. True. And so kind of just to round out this discussion, mm. um, the last question I want to ask is, is do you think that all orgs moving forward should look to have this kind of setup where you have a separate workplace and home place, whatever that is, if that's players having apartments, having like a house and an office, whatever that looks like, separating those two spaces. Do you think that's, now, from what you guys have experienced, from what you've learned, is that just the best way to, to set it up now? I think I think it should be like this, but I think it should also support it. Not not just give the player like an apartment or gaming house and an office. Like they should actually help with the concept of it. You know, like eventually, like seeing with the player. You know, if what he wants for his home or help with eventually, you know, cleaning or whatever. Mm. Busy because care I think of a lot the, of players, kind of a lot of players I've never had, I mean, at this, I never had an apartment before yeah, myself, yeah. so there's a lot of things that you need to know if you're living by yourself, you know, mm. so, yeah, I mean, I'm sure a lot of players will be a bit more dirty, you know, whatever, yeah, so. You, you, you definitely need to sort of clean stuff later. when you yeah. go yeah. from parents' house to gaming uh, house. That's man. true, you definitely clean later. <laughs> I would also say, like, just... Not as a player now, but I can see some young players who get into the LCS have basically zero life skills mm -hmm. and putting them in their own apartment, even if you help them with cleaning and stuff, is probably not the smartest. Yeah, that's uh, why we'll never give a caps on apartments. <laughs> <laughs> maybe I was hitting towards caps, maybe not, but... You know, uh, having a normal life where you actually can like wake up and eat like decent food and you go to bed at a somewhat decent time. These kind of things are pretty important for your mental health and your body. And I can see a lot of players, <laughs> certain casters, won't mention any names, uh, could struggle with that uh, and it could uh, affect them in the long run. So I guess the young players, maybe it is better you have them in an actual I mean, I think gaming it's, house. It's just better. I, I feel like orgs just need to identify who they're dealing with and what's like their team-like mentality and everything. Because, mm -hmm. for example, if you have a bunch of 17, 18-year-olds, 18 then I think, you know, having office space and team ho gaming, gaming house yeah. is useless. You should just have one gaming house because they kind of have zero life skills and they don't, <laughs> really, they don't really know what they want with their life. Like, they legit don't know. They're just, as I said, they're riding this high that they're doing what they love and they need to be nurtured and, you know, kind of taught and matured in that house but if you have you know older players then i feel like that gaming house scenario is kind of obsolete just because you kind of reach that maturity level that you don't really need it anymore because even if i don't play solo queue or anything and i just sit there like i'm a professional and you know if i feel like if I'm not gonna play solo queue, then I'm gonna become shit, then I'm gonna do something about it. You know, like I don't want my career to just end just because I become this this lazy bastard mm -hmm. and I don't do anything. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm gonna like do something about it. And I feel like that's the mentality with anyone that's like 
mature enough to take this as a job and something they yep. they love. So, you know, even if I don't play solo queue and my teammates will tell me, hey, you're legit, you're legit shit. You need to play more solo mm-hmm. queue. I'll be like, oh, he's probably right. And, and if this was me when I was like 18 and he would tell me, Hey, you're bad, you, you're bad. You need to play more so can I'll be like, I'm gonna murder you. Don't <laughs> don't talk to me like that. Because you just have this like child ego and you cannot really differentiate like you know your emotions from like constructive criticism and stuff like that. Yeah. So I feel like when you get to an age that gaming house is just fairly useless. Yeah. I think so maybe the fanatic setup makes a lot of sense. A bunch of players are actually in the gaming house and the older players have their own apartments. For for for, for teams all like I think it's interesting what he said, like about identifying what the, who they are dealing with, and I think a lot of teams and coaches, coaching staff, uh, just staff of all, doesn't realize that it's important to like. I think it's more important to identify who you're talking to and do a case by case. Mm. I don't think you can put everyone in the same bag yeah. anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it's not possible, and I think that's what so many people have been doing. And like even us, for example, last year and that like um, I've been fighting a lot for, you know, because there's like a lot of issues within staff and just a lot of other things that I'll probably don't want to talk about. But uh, Source and hating on coaches, man. Even more iconic. No, but there's like this. I think it's just so important overall to do yeah. case by case yeah, because there's a lot of players that have that deals with different yeah. things. So. Different ages, different yeah. personalities. I want to see how it develops over, of course, summer split just around the corner, so maybe we'll see more teams like Splice, like Fnatic, opting to go for these gaming house office setups, opting to go for case-by-case basis. But uh, thank you, gentlemen, for that discussion. Before we add our next serious topic, quotation marks, uh, we thought we'd mix it up. we put some Twitter questions in the middle. Oh, maybe yeah. Break some tension. <laughs> now, Deficio, yeah. you've been harvesting these from your wonderful thread of Twitter questions. What have you got for us? Uh, first of all, I want to say thank you to everyone who submitted questions. We have never received this many questions, except for the Gilius episode, where we had around 70 questions about smiting <laughs> alone. <laughs> and then five And then five about questions. some other stuff. But uh, <laughs> this one here is getting very close. The first question I want to pick you, because I think this is a good one, is from Flute. Uh, flute? Flute? Whatever. I don't know, you... Yeah, this guy, Flute4206. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> Flute, whatever this guy's called. He's asking, who is better 1v1? Oh. So as? So. So as oh. you get to start. You mean, you mean an auto of top lane? No, all? you and auto. Ooh, spicy. Uh, I think, laning phase-wise. Sure. I think we are like pretty much equal, laning phase-wise. <gasps> I, I wouldn't say that I'm better. I wouldn't say that he's better. I think it depends on... Timelines, obviously, some like some days it's gonna be better, some days gonna, I'm gonna be better. So I think it depends on the games, matchups, all this stuff. Like you cannot t- say that this guy is better than me. Like it depends on so many factors. I mean, that's the way I see it. So I, I, I I'd say we're we're about the same, but I just I, like laning phase wise, I think we're we're uh, fairly equal, but. I don't know. Like, I can't match with with Dogmaster here. Like, because the thing is, outside of lane, he does so much random shit that I feel like it doesn't make sense. But then, but then when I see it, and then I think about dies and, and then I and then I see it and I think about it, I'm like, holy fuck, this guy is this guy is a genius. I don't know. The one thing that he does really insane in lane, he's like camping really random brushes that I would never expect him to camp. <laughs> <laughs> like, like he, he's insane at using brushes. But laning phase, I think, we're, I think we're. Uh, 
fairly even. So fairly even. I would say I would say before, like probably, like last year, for example, I would say that for example, it would be better. It, w- it was better than me landing phase wise. Hmm. So like I think this year is pretty pretty equal. I have a, a follow up. This is actually multiple tweets uh, that went with this one to this one v one question. Now you guys say you're even, and the question is. Specifically for oh, you, Oh, I know Odo. that one. I know that one. Why <laughs> Why do you always die to Soas 1v1? <laughs> okay, let, let, let me just get this here. Uh, yeah, you take a dog champ tier list. Okay, the dog champ tier list. Okay, what what was I playing? I played Shogat There's once. one Gnar against Orn. Yes, it was Shogat once and, or, and Gnar once. Okay, so if you look here, it says B, Shogat, uh-huh. and C, Orn. Oh, so Orn has to kill. So Orn has better. to win. Ah, okay. And back then when I when I played Nar, he didn't know yet. And back then when I played when I played Nar, I didn't realize that Orn was so busted that he actually beats Nar. So mm. I was kind of, I, I was kind of like. So are you saying hmm. that Nar is a is a B tier dog champion? Or I mean, he's Orn not, maybe not even. Okay, right, in this in this stage, Nar kind of beats all of these champions because <laughs> Orn got nerfed. But back then it was like. According to the dog tier list, it was impossible for me to win. <laughs> okay, I like it. We're going pretty fast here. This is really good. This is really good. Uh, got a bunch of questions as well. Uh, didn't actually write this one down, but I'm taking it now because there's a lot of them. So disrespectful. Uh, I know. Uh, top lane tier list in Europe. I don't want all 10. Just give me like top five. Who are the top five top laners in Europe? Players. Players. And you guys are obviously on the list. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We Who can are put the three ourselves. other ones? So it's you two. I'm Wonder. Wonder's on it. I'll put, so you don't put like on, you don't put first, second, etc. No, we just on the just list. Just give us I'll top put, five. Yeah, just give us top, top five. five. Wonder, Odo, Alfari, me. Who will be fifth or? Because Chachi's only played Maokai, all split long. Yeah, Chachi I mean, has Chachi been... would be there before. Chachi, Chachi would be there, but yeah. this split he's kind of not there, sadly. Chachi well. would be there before. Maybe Prophet? Prophet, Smitty J, Ruin. No, Smi- I think, I, I think I Prophet. Put, I would put Ruin, actually. Ruin? Ruin? Yeah. You think he's been. I mean, I feel I like think if he's he the does... same pack as uh, as Prophet. Yeah, like... but. I, mm, I mean, it's hard because I feel like they're similar. But Ruin, yeah. I feel like if he's not on Nar, he's, he's not mo- really great. He's more like. Yeah, he's, he's more. What about Cowboy? Ruin is more like you hold the dice. Oh, yeah, Cowboy, yeah. I'll... I mean, he's looked decent. He's not. He's never carried like super hard carried, but he's looked fine in most. I of feel like games. in the beginning he was good, so I would have put him here, put him in there. But I feel like lately he's not really impacting as much. I think I would put Profit in there. Okay. I, th- I think they're all like. It's like, kind, you it's, it's you can't take really anyone. Pack. You can yeah. take Cabo. You can take. Profits. You can argue for everyone. Kinda, yeah. So when you say these instead, four, we should just make a top four list. The top then. four is Wonder Odo, Alfari, Soas. Yeah, that's fair. In and that fair. order. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Not in that order. No. Not in no that order. You know, order. like it actually doesn't matter because in the end, the better bot lane wins. You know. So. Fair. <laughs> We're just dogs here all together. <laughs> Great point. Great point. All right, so moving your, on. Yeah, there's your top four: Wonder, Odo, Alfari, So as fifth place, you can make an argument for anybody. I got two more questions. Um, the last one's gonna be the biggest one. So this one: uh, What would happen to top lane without? Teleport in the game, and this is from Sergeant Dum Dum. So great name. Uh, I love that name. <laughs> <laughs> if TB was not in the game, there was this what guy would happen? Look, you want to see his name, Dumbo, Sergeant Dumbo. <laughs> Maybe it's him. Who knows? <laughs> but he was there. Some guy called Dumbo. <laughs> I think, I think the so the game might be more interesting for the viewers to watch 
I think it will okay. be a lot less for the players. I mean, at least for me, it will be less because I think what is exciting for me about the game is to to learn new things and strategy-wise, you know, just improve that and just like come up with like good strategy and um, just things like that, right? And is that easier or harder with TP in the game? I think it's it TP makes it that there's more strategy involved in the right. game. So if it will be ignited, it will be more just random and chaotic. So it will be way more solo queue-ish, you know? Mm. So yeah. I think it will be better eventually for viewers. You know, there'll probably be more action. More top lane fighting. Yeah. More so, carries. I mean, eventually, may maybe maybe not, you know? Like maybe you just show that just ignite, feast you level six <laughs> and you die, you know? Like, so I, it, it, I, you don't know what will happen. I think there'll be less strategy involved. So I probably wouldn't like that. Not that, like... People might think, you know, uh, so uh, he wants a TP. I know, uh, you've grown up so much. So as he's just salty because he cannot like live half of his gangs who buy TP. In the way. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think, Odo? If we remove TP, what would happen in top lane? Mm, I, I think, yeah, as I said, it's going to take a lot of strategy out of the game. But I feel like if you take TP out of top lane, then instantly it's going to become top meta because... I feel like if you if you die to a gank once and you have no TP and the lane is stuck <laughs> in a bad spot, then it's really over. So I think, I think bot lane there won't be that much action around bot lane anymore. I think everyone's just gonna switch to playing top focus because it's just so easy to gank top compared to compared to bot. And I don't even know if ignite would be the main you know summoner spell because for example you can maybe play tanks and play with you know exhaust or some mm -hmm, random stuff. But mm -hmm. if there will be carries with ignite, then I think it's gonna be full top top side but i feel like it's just gonna take a lot of strategy away there's not gonna be as much you know roaming and stuff i feel like there's just everyone's gonna go to top lane and just try to kill because <laughs> if you kill him once then you freeze the wave then it's then it's it's really over all right yeah. perfect uh last question we got and this is something i know you guys have talked about in the past as well it's from uh at samasakul i guess that's how you say the name uh he's asking what is your experience with the influence of fan backlash and reddit analysis and how should rookies handle social media let's so to the first part first what is your experience with reddit analysis and fan influence um well not the greatest. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was a wholesome answer. Yeah. Good job, Sylvester. Nice and That wholesome. was great. <laughs> no, um, I mean, I, it depends of it depends of like the team that you're that you're in, obviously, and the pl the player. Like, mm -hmm. if you go to social media a lot, depend like a lot of things. Um, like, I would say probably the best is to actually just not even use social media you know but then i don't something that i really like from the past is like you know the interaction with the fans and that it's so easy for us to interact with mm -hmm. them so i think on on the good days it's like super super fun you know to like use social media and interact with everyone and on the bad days then you should probably just not use it you know but sometimes it's hard when you're like uh too emotional mm then you just, you know, 
Like you start reading it and you get yeah, mad. And... Yeah, yeah. So for me, it, it just it used to happen a lot more. Uh, no, I just try to just just not even do it. But yeah. Yeah, for me it's kind of the same. Uh, I think now whenever we lose, I think I haven't opened the you know match history, the thing already. It's just really pointless. And even when you win, half the time people are just shit talking the enemy team for being bad and losing, then you being good mm. and winning. So it's not even, even on the good days or like when you win, it's not even worth it to check it because it's just, I don't know, it just influences you so much and the the negatives just outweigh the positives a lot. So I just kind of gave up on reading, you know, match history or Reddit or just using social media on, you know, when when we lose and all of that stuff because mm. it's just, I don't know, the, the, the people that like write aren't even, you know, being sensitive about it or like being you know trying to have empathy or oh no 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 or whatever they just go all in or i don't know even when you win i feel like i don't know like I, I, as so i said like i kind of liked fan interaction a lot but i feel like the way they're like you know portraying themselves or like even trying to like talk to you is just doesn't even make it worth it for you to you know talk back to them or kind of give them attention and that's kind of messed up Okay, so we know when, when it's flaming and you guys are losing, it's really bad and it, it's annoying. When you guys are winning and people write a bunch of positive stuff, does it then give you more confidence? Do you feel happy? Are you just like, I don't, I don't really care? Like, the positive doesn't really impact you, but the negative does? Or does the yeah. positive comments actually do something for you? I mean, the positive, for me, it doesn't really do much. It's more... I mean, what do the most is well, like when you don't have like such a good time and then you have positive comments, you know, mm -hmm. that's usually, but if you have a, a good time and you see positive comments, then it doesn't really influence too much because you're all, already happy, right? Yeah. So the most, the, the, the most impactful thing is like, if you're having a bad time, if you have bad comments, it makes it even worse, right? But if you have a bad time and uh, you have positive comments, then it helps you a lot. Okay. But on the good times, it doesn't really affect, like negative mm -hmm. or good doesn't really affect it too much, I think, at least for me. That's interesting. Yeah, so it's for anyone listening, I think that's a good thing. If you really support a player and believe in a player and they have a bad game, I think be willing to tweet at them that, hey, you had a rough game, feel better, or alternatively go into the Reddit thread. I know I'm asking you to go into a minefield by praising a player or supporting a player. Everybody's just like, he should die. He should be removed from the team. Bench him immediately. But I mean, Bench him mid-game. If you really want to impact your favorite pro player's the life. The fish him off stage. Support him when he's, uh, support him when he's down. No, but the, the Reddit threads are really useless because I feel like the, the healthy approach is just to dodge the Reddit threads. But mm. if, you know, if people want to be nice to you, they should just tweet at us. Because, you know, even... You know, in our darkest times, whenever we feel like really bad and actually I never thought that it would like help help us that much. But when we're having like bad games or like terrible weeks or whatever, and you see like this random positive comment just because you don't expect anyone to be positive. You expect everyone to just be a really douchebag to, <laughs> to be a douchebag towards you and just flame you and just want to like murder you and just kick you off the team and uh, out of League of Legends. Whenever you see that positive comment kind of like makes you feel better about yourself. You don't feel like you're that that bad anymore but i don't know like whenever we have a uh, bad days uh, we don't even check reddit anymore yeah. it's just really pointless cool all right thanks guys well that's it for twitter questions as fisher said thank you so much for sending in so many we'll continue to ask for them thank you Keep dum sending dum. them in thank you dum dum sergeant dum dum sergeant dum dum he's higher ranked than you sir <laughs>
<laughs> Civilian. <laughs> now we get to the meat of, of the show. Everything else was just the build Everything else is all appetizers, guys. Right here. <laughs> this is your entree. It is the quarterfinal preview. We have locked in quarterfinals. Friday will be Splice playing versus Rock Hat. Saturday is Vitality Ooh. versus H2K. We're gonna be. That's the big game. That's the that's the big mm. game. Yeah, God, the, the the Friday one not very important. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm used to people thinking Splice is useless and everyone else is just bad, so that's why we're. Dude, winning, I so. bring you guys to make top two. Oh, and, 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 and we, we did them. <laughs> we did them, so it doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> All right, so I, I mean, I'm on, I'm not actually sure what's the best way to start here. Where where do we want to start? We can talk about team styles. We can talk about individual players. We can talk about swapping to best of fives. Well, we did write down our prediction for the quarterfinal. Maybe we should start yeah, there. Let's do that. So I had you guys write down a bracket. We're only going to talk about quarterfinals today. But Oda Wamne, why don't you tell us your predictions for... Let's start with Splice versus Rocket. What do you predict to happen? Uh, I, I think we're going to take it. Um, I think best of ones aren't really our, our big thing. But with best of fives, I, I expect us to be better. And given how we, you know, how we improved this split towards mm -hmm. the end, and even though we had some uh, screw-ups against... Vitality and G2, I feel like both of those games were kind of, you know, in our hands and we just messed up. Uh, I think we can take Rocket. I, I put them, I think, 3-0, but it could be 3-1 as well. But I think it should be one-sided. No, 3-0 is fine. There you go. So, okay, 3-0 is fine. Sorry, guys. Do you agree? I do agree. I don't know if it will be a 3-0. I think 3-0 or 3-1. Yeah? Yeah. Splice? Oh yes, now I feel better about myself. All right, I, I put, put three zero splice. Oh put... yeah, now I feel even better. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I put three two, but you ah! still <laughs> no, we're gonna lose. <laughs> I believe in you still. Okay, so let's why why is splice the better team here? Why do you think that splice? Okay, is because we're ranked third and they're okay, ranked sixth. I got sixth. it. That's there how the go. basic math works, <laughs> Mr. Reddit analyst. Yeah. Now maybe explain to me the matchups, not just that we're number three, so therefore we must be superior. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> like, what, what, where do you think you actually have the edge in terms of in terms of strategy, in terms of team strength? Where, where do you? Why think, not uh, both? Could be both, right? But like, where, where is that edge? I feel like Rocket is still kind of playing too slow. They're always drafting for you know, for scaling, and mm. I feel like their drafts for top side of the map is fairly weak. They're kind of putting profit on tank duty most of the time, and I feel like tanks are somewhat obsolete now because with all the nerfs coming in and stuff, I feel like just. Some AP tops and maybe Gangplank and Eagle mm -hmm. are just a bit better than tanks. And I feel like if they... The dog is unleashed. Yeah, I'm out of my cage so I can play <laughs> some League. But I feel like top side of the map is exploitable for them. And I just feel like individually across the board we have just better players. And I feel like our macro is better as well. And uh, yeah, you, you guys get the trend. Okay. Yes. So us. I think Rocket have some issues like with coordination mm. still. Oh that those, those Anivia walls were <laughs> <laughs> something magical. <laughs> if um, you had just said that, that was your only <laughs> argument, you just said Blanc's Anivia. I would have been like, well played. On to the next <laughs> Yeah. Um I think I mean the um, splice used to be like just playing for late and now they are since like maybe two weeks or also like they are mm -hmm. getting a lot better at early game so they will definitely be I mean they are definitely way better than Rocket right now but you know there's like depends of prep rights because it's best of five so 
Spice has like five coaches, surely they're like <laughs> more prepared. No, but yeah, preparation has a, lot, has a lot to do with the with best of five and and where, where it's going to be like who have the who have more strategy sort mm-hmm. of. Yeah. So, so yeah. from your perspective, Davishio, who do you think is more exploitable between these two teams? We talked about preparing <laughs> for best of five. Who do you think is maybe shown more vulnerability that can be uh, taken advantage of if you have a full week of prep? Well, that's kind of the thing because after Splice learned that they had uh, have a top laner that you can actually uh, play towards <laughs> in the that early game. That was a weird time, by Th- the way. Thanks, guys. Thanks, coaches. <laughs> I would like to thank Peter Dunn, uh, Duke, <laughs> and, uh, and Mac for yeah realizing that I exist. There you <laughs> thank go. you, Splice coach. It's gotten a lot more stable. Um, also, the thing about Niski is while he's not the best player on the, on the team, he rarely, like, play super acro in lane and like does really dumb things so you can like just camp him like we've seen with other mid laners so it's kind of hard to just fully shut down any specific lane I feel on Splice's side and Memento is not the kind of jungler who will just like permagank every lane and try and like snowball one specific guy he's just he's like very calculated at least from the outside that's what it looks like so to me Rocket just lacks like a clear strength. The X Factor. The X. No, they the like, X. like. It's such a buzzword. It is. It is. That's why I didn't say X Factor. Okay, but. I, I, I'm always thinking about it, you know. That was yeah, so when, when I hear X Factor, I just want someone to get off the shit shit and start singing. <laughs> but the thing is. Rocket for me, they don't have like a clear star player or a great best lane they go. play around to actually find like a, almost a guaranteed advantage. I feel like Blank has been kind of the guy to rely on the most when it comes to late game. And teams just ban Azir, and then suddenly it's like, okay, now he has to find something else to carry on, and he's not really been able to do that uh, during the split. I, so, I th- uh, To add on that, I think, like, even if they have um, a good draft towards either top lane, you know, or bot lane, I don't think they will use the advantage good enough yeah. to, like, uh, get the game snowballing and keep it snowballed, you know what I mean? So... I think this is gonna be like one of the issue for them. It just feels like they they lack something they can like they they lack one lane or they lack like one style where they're just really good at it. Like you could take Misfits right and said okay their early game is actually really good, mm. uh, so maybe they can like snowball against Splice. They can shut down one or two lanes and then they can try and get early Baron and see if they can finish out. But Rocket, they don't have that, and it feels like they have to get ahead early to actually do well because when they're behind, they lose every game. So yeah, but to add on that, did you know that Splice has the ninth, the, the second lowest gold advantage at fifteen? Let's try and cut the split in half <laughs> and see for the second half what that gold advantage is at instead of the entire split. You are right. I'm just gonna take my point back. Maybe, uh, maybe Splice's numbers are not as bad. But you are correct. If you take the full split, it looks really bad. Uh, I don't know. I'm I just, just feel saying, like even if they get ahead, and they have no chance. Splice late game, baby. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, old, the old Zillion Caitlyn. But what was Odo playing in those comp positions? I forget. I was, was playing Orb. Seat your dog. Seat your dog. I kind of hope Brockhart shows up with something super cool. Maybe like unique strategy or maybe... Mm. Like, like Anivia Skarner. Yes. Anivia Cyan. <laughs> there you go. Those kind of things. I just want something... I just want something special from them. Otherwise, I think they're just going to... They're just a worse How about AP Mid or Ziggs? Let's not take anything from Power of <laughs> Evil here. Um, cool. I have no idea what you're talking about. If Splice win this game, I think we all agree, and we're going to yep. look really dumb when Rocket 3-0 them. Okay, but we're all agreeing, so there's no wager to be made here. That's true. But I mean, we can all be wearing the suit. 
Oh, yeah. 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 Hang on. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That's okay. why I didn't go into specific. Ah. Okay. There you go. All right. I didn't want to. I didn't want to pop the surprise. To be so, the audience knows we have a very special bet planned, and we'll reveal it later. But first, now that we've locked it in, Splice appears to be the podcast favorite. Four votes. Now there are various scores. Most of them in the three one three zero range. I'm the only three two. We'll see what happens. Our next matchup: Vitality H two K. H two what? <laughs> Come on, guys. Uh, H2K. Come. Yeah. H2K. Yeah. There you go. That was... That, that was, was great, but that, that, that was a little sad. <laughs> They're like the only chant we have. Splice, they don't have a chant. It's like, Splice, Splice, yeah, Splice. <laughs> what do you say after games? One, two, three, Splice. It's hard. You three What is your prediction? Yeah, what, what, for H2K, go. Vitality. Yeah. I actually put the H2K, Vitality 3-1 for H2K. And Ooh. I may or may not be bound by contract with my former team to say this. Okay, good to know. Let's so go all the way around. We're going to call that a vote. All right, so, so as you're next. Uh, I put Vitality. I don't... I'm not sure about score. I think mainly we didn't play too much H2K and we play more Vitality and... We think Vitality is, is good still. Um, but if all, all the things H2K, then, you know, I'm, I'm doubting a little bit. No, 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 I still think Vitality, but maybe if you think H2K is good, like it's probably going to be closer mm. than, oh, right, than what it is. But yeah. I still think Vitality will take it. Mm. But... If he thinks H2K, I think it's going to be a lot closer. Okay. I put 3-2 H2K Ooh. on mine. Ooh, okay. So that is very close, but H2K wins. All right, here's the deal. I put Vitality 3-0. Oh! <laughs> no, that's, so, that's a lot of confidence. Yeah, there. well, I think they're going to get them game... Here's my theory. They're going to come out with something special game one, because they do like to do weird Lane stuff. Lane swaps. Lane swaps. They're not, they're not fanatic of last year. You got to last year. And they're going to win the game, and I think H2K is just going to... Just collapse. You think they don't have the mental strength? I don't think they have the mental. To be fair, the same argument could probably be made the other way yeah. that H2K will win game one. It's always hard the to get in the brain will try to like try some crazy cheese strat, not be able to close. H2K comes back with their signature. Pray to God, Sheriff can carry us at thirty minutes, no matter what the gold <laughs> deficit is. Strat win game one and Vitality collapses, but I, I think Vitality gonna get. So we got two Vitality, two H2K, basically. And that sets up a great, a great, great wager. Yeah. But let's let's talk about it before. We'll see. The wager is last, folks. Don't okay, worry. Okay. There's gonna be a good one. But let's let's talk about why. Um, so let's. I guess start with Odo, since you appear to be the most confident in H2K with the with the three one finish. What is it? Something about H2K? Or is it something that Vitality is missing that makes you so confident in this matchup? Mm, I, I feel like Vitality is just kind of struggling the this like last half of the split. Even though they even though they picked up that win against us, they are like two and seven for three and seven, three and seven for this uh, second half of the split. And HDK is just totally the opposite. They just been powering through the last half of the split, and they're doing good. The only way I see Vitality winning this is if they just if H2K top just dies to every gank, like he has this tendency to, then I feel like Vitality is just going to snowball games. But I feel like if H2K can just neutralize and just kind of keep it even, I think H2K can just win with... Because Sheriff is just... I think he can just power through mm -hmm. Vitality's think, lineup. 
on that topside point, I think it's interesting because I think one thing I have noticed for Vitality, if I was going to criticize something, it's that like Cabo does feel pretty isolated a lot of the time and doesn't feel like he's... Oh, it's camp mid for Vitality. Yeah, I mean, it's camp mid every time. So if you're talking about the best way for Vitality to win to be camping top, that's not really something we've seen them be successful at. Even that's when Cabo... That's doing before. Early on. That's how they stomp the game. They, they would like no, snowball through mid. because they had like mid. this... Um, Spellbook bot lane just tipping oh, to top. Yeah, and it oh, was yeah, really true. boring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like so they will lose lane bot and be like a board bot lane, TP swap the TP like without that though, right? Like they they Jimmy, we were talking at the start of the split to Fishio that they would counterpick for Cabo every single game for like the first half of the split and then not do anything. Like they'd either they go had a hard few go games, top or yeah. leave him on an island where he'd be playing like yeah. Lucian and you'd be like well, he's 0-3 now. Jazuke uh, <laughs> is really fed, so it's fine. But why would you pick him the Lucian if you weren't going to go top? They definitely love to counter pick and draft like a lot, uh, and it sometimes means they get really weird comps that doesn't really make. And a that's lot why of they sense. like purple set so much. They're kind sure. of most of their wins are on purple. Like they love. For example, I think that's that's why why their second half of the split is so bad because they had side selection on. 80% of their mm -hmm. games on the first half and they just went purple every game and they just won every purple side game and now that on second half of the split they're stuck on blue then they just lose every blue side game except the one against Splice <laughs> here's my yeah except for that one <laughs> that game's the gift that keeps on giving here's my uh, <laughs> so my concern with Vitality and why I think Astro Cave will win but it won't be like a super stump is um, Vitality's early game is fine whenever they again execute gangs mid for Jizuke uh, they are they become really bad at actually snowballing. Like, really bad. Uh, they were super good in the start when Ryze was insanely broken. They, they are the macro kings. Yes, they macro are definitely geniuses. the macro geniuses. geniuses. That's not the case. So. Said by King Inter over there, 0-12. <laughs> <laughs> they struggle when it comes to closing out games. The Baron's Tom always Kinch. a mess. <laughs> oh my God, Point is, so we will get to late game team fights. I agree with Otto. Sheriff will carry late Sheriff game is team fights. Sheriff hell. I will and give you that. I think H3K in the end, I think almost every game might be like a grind towards the late game, but then H3K will win most of them. We're casting the game. That's gonna we are casting. I'm actually looking forward to it. I was so afraid that we would get the splice game because then I would get spammed with being biased whenever I said anything positive about a splice member. So I was like, <laughs> oh. I'm casting the other one. There we go. I can flame everybody. <laughs> now I can just. Um, so as I don't think we've heard as much from you. I'm, you're you're in the vitality camp with me. Yeah. Despite clutch sheriff, quote unquote, and all this other stuff. Why, why it is it so good? Yeah. Why? What makes vitality good in your eyes? I mean, I think they'll just win. Like playing for mid is probably the most important thing, and that's what vitality does right now. Um. So I think they'll just they'll just get pressure through through mid lane and just get advantage for that. Okay, we keep it simple. And I don't think I don't think that H2K can match that. That's why I think mm. they'll cool. Okay, is that are we? I think so. Basically, we we split on that one. Everyone and agrees. Unless splice. they get some cheese, you know, like they got some yeah. cheese up in the mid lane, Ziggs, Ezreal, maybe, you know. Yeah, I don't know where that's coming from. <laughs> You guys are really set on this zig. You're playing the random chaps in Stolok, you saw us. I think we're at a point now where it is time for the wager of the week. Finally. Oh, this is yeah. the thing. So, here's the plan, folks. Now, if you watch any NALCS, uh, good for you. Thanks for watching NALCS and joining us in the EU40 podcast. 
wonderful times, you may know that Jat's dog and Freak's dog do a lot of predictions. They put two bowls of food, they say go, whatever bowl the dog runs to, uh, you know, that's the team that's going to win. We also have two dogs on the podcast, as it turns out. <laughs> so here's the stakes. What's going to happen is right now, after this podcast finishes, I'm going to go on Amazon and I'm going to find the worst possible dog costume I can find. Human costume, dog costume for humans. Got it. And then because me and Soaz have predicted so heavily in favor of Vitality, we'll be repping the Vitality side. You guys will be repping H2K. There we go. Loser has to make a video a prediction video with two bowls of food and they have to walk in like a dog towards the two bowls of food, eat it, and Seriously. make their prediction that way for so, semi-final matches. Do we both have to wear a, a yes. dog so costume? Because we're betting, if, let's say, Vitality win, you guys would both make a video and I'm going to say, for the semi-final that Odo is not in, right? Let's assume you make it to the semi-finals. Otherwise, it won't, it won't matter. Right, so assuming I, mean, I can make prediction for both, you could make you could you can make two dog videos, Odo. Yeah. I'll support that, and then you also have to make a dog. <laughs> okay, video. okay. And so now on the opposite side, Ashuk wins. Both me and Soaz have to take turns wearing the dog costume and making predictions. <laughs> I like it. I was oh hoping we God. had to like. I, I was hoping one guy had the other guy in a leash eat? and had to like go <laughs> in with him. Oh See, that's a little too. Maybe I spent too much time at Berlin clubs, but that one doesn't quite line up the way that I for you. <laughs> All right, oh, yeah. the dog costume, it's on. Wait, but to eat, eat the dog food, what's in the no, dog No, you're not bowl? eating actual we'll put dog like food. like a sausage or food in oh, there. Like people food. We put candy Actually, in there. Actually, the fish should make us some pulsa. Yeah, yes, I can put that in there. Whatever, but the people food will be in the bowl. The important oh, okay. part is you being more in the dog costume. And, oh, okay. Know. It's good because they're one size fits all. We're going to make it work. All right. Cool. Nice. There's the bet. <laughs> Let's go extra K, I guess. <laughs> Please win. And it's only on that quarterfinal we're betting, because we all agree on the other one. <clears throat> I mean, if it's a 3-0, then Dracos can just wear it. Because most of us just agree to a 3-0 or 3-1, and he's really far off. <laughs> Agree? Wait, is it? No, no, no. Okay, we, we agree. Okay, we sorry, last. sorry, yeah, Dracos, but we sounds agree. Sounds good to me. Wait, you're all you're doing is supporting Soaz right now. Me and Soaz are on the same team. We're on team. No, he's like three one for uh, for splice. He means for the first. Oh, for the first. You're three no. and two. No, no, and you're no, really no, far no, off. No, 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 no. The okay, it's vitality only vitality. Okay. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that does it for our main show. Now we did not do the quick shots predictions that we've been doing the quick fire predictions in the past, but I do have an update. Final scores have come in after. Week 9, Deficio got 6 out of 10 right. Gilius got 5 out of 10 right. And as you know, Deficio was already in the lead, so he is our winner. 45 out of 80 correct predictions. Out of 80 is not relevant, just 45. Yeah. That, that doesn't seem <laughs> as impressive anymore. <laughs> it was better in the Riot one. <laughs> compared, compared to the guests, 41 out of 80. Yeah, nice job swapping your predictions, by the way. So Deficio is the Quick Shots, we'll call this Season 1 champion. The oh. EU for a podcast Season invitational. 1 champion. Yeah, invitational. What do I win? Nothing. We didn't play a dog costume. <laughs> yeah, get a dog. You can keep the dog costume. You That's can cool. keep the dog costume. I'll take Good it. Good job, Soaz. You can over the prize. Right, yes. You can keep the dog costume. You can be the real dog champ then. I mean, you can use it for your kinky stuff. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> All right. Well, that's it for us. Uh, thank you, Odawamne. Soaz, any parting words? Preferably not explicit, Odawamne. Uh, I mean, if it's not explicit, then I don't really have anything to say. Sorry. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, thanks for coming on anyway. Um, thank you to everyone who listened. Of course, SoundCloud, iTunes, YouTube, timestamps. They're in the description. If you've watched this long and you haven't figured it out, I feel so bad But then you. you don't need the timestamps because <laughs> you watched the entire thing. I mean, in okay. case they want to rewatch. <laughs> yes, there yes. You, go. you can go back to your Listen favorite Listen to all the sweet, sexy voices. <laughs> Ooh. 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 All right. That does it for Euphoria episode nine. We'll see you guys next week for episode 10.